And a very good afternoon or good day to everyone. Uh, let's uh, try to get everything going. This is uh, the Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. All right. Hopefully, Facebook Live will also work here momentarily, but we're there as well. So, appreciate you joining us on our podcast number show 74, Joe. 74. 74. Wow. You believe that? So Getting up to where I'm my age. Soon enough, <laughs> <laughs> how I feel most mornings. There you go. Well, we are. Uh, it's a busy weekend for sports. Uh, obviously, it's a uh, it's Easter weekend, so you've got uh, the NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, Final Four, Major League Baseball starts, uh, the NBA playoffs, and uh, NHL playoffs are kind of gearing up to see, uh, you know, kind of who's what and what position. And then, of course, the Masters comes up uh, in, in a, you know, next weekend, right? Next, yeah. Yeah. So lots Never of stuff going on. Never forget the golf because I wouldn't want to make Joe mad. So uh, let's talk a little NCAA tournament. I uh, I think it's awesome that Loyola of Illinois, not just because we're you know broadcast from the state of Illinois, is in. I just love seeing the underdog in there, just like you UCF should have been in the football playoffs. And I just I can't understand what. Yeah, playoffs, but go on. that's fine. I would have <laughs> it would have been better than as long as they didn't beat Oklahoma, it would have been fine. But. Uh, the uh, I just don't understand how these big name sports guys like Sean McManus from CBS, uh, you know uh, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN are are just going out and saying that the NCAA basketball tournament is worse for having Loyola in it. It's it's a great story. If if you're going to get ratings, you want Chicago to be in the you know one of the biggest cities in the country to be there and loyal is of chicago so i it just frustrates me that they all everybody wants to see is a tournament between kansas duke north carolina and kentucky if that's the case and th- those four should just have their own final four every year and let everybody else compete for another championship well <laughs> i i agree I'm, I, I'm i'm i don't know why some of these people are advocating for that because you know, if you're going to say that, then you're never wanting the upset to win ever, which makes sports dull. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants that? Exactly. Um, and you say, well, it's not the best teams. Well, if they're the best teams, they'd be in the Final Four. They may have had a better regular season. They might even have, mano a mano, the best talent. But they're not the best teams. The best teams are always the teams that are winning, You've regardless got- of what we have to say. So right now, the best four teams in the country are Loyola, Villanova, Michigan, Kansas. Kansas. There you go. And, you know, and, and I, I'm with you. My favorite NCAA tournaments, if you're thinking about the best ones ever, I love the one in North Carolina State when they won and when Villanova won. Those were against big powerhouse teams in Georgetowns and uh, Houston, yeah. And, and Houston, the five slam pajama. I mean, but those those may have been my two favorite NCAA tournaments. And, and I love the one from Villanova the other a couple of years ago because they had that final shot. That was yeah. an exciting. It game. was two final shots. North Carolina yeah, made yeah, one. Exactly. Then, yeah. It was probably overall as far as just pure excitement. I don't know. I mean, it was last not, shot. Well, I mean, remember when but- Lorenzo Charles grabbing an yeah. errant shot and throwing it in there to win the game? For well, them. even Butler a couple years ago had the last shot against Duke and it, yeah. it rimmed out. So I mean, if they if they would have made it, that would have that would have been unbelievable. But that was fun because it was a you know a smaller school versus who, the big. The NCAA. Yeah. The thing is, March Madness is built upon the underdogs winning. Yep. And and I've heard a lot of people, even friends of mine, say maybe you have too, saying, "Well, that's fun the first week, but I want the best teams in there." Well, we have the best teams. And I'll tell you what, this Loyola team is really exciting to watch. It's fun basketball. It's good basketball. They pass the ball. They play as a team. They've captured the imagination of a lot of people in this country. And for major sports writers and and people like Sean McManus of CBS to say it's wrong, I am sorry. Uh, It really irks me when I hear stuff like that because it shows me I think that they're out of touch. I really do think they're out of touch with uh, reality. So, Joe, go ahead and give us that Tony Romo uh, story about what he's doing. So you're like, trying to fix 
I'm going to try to fix the uh, our, one part of our broadcast. Is it from okay. all the rain, or it, has it finally uh, covered the building? You were talking to the – you know me. I'm not exactly – You love it. You know, it's raining so much <laughs> this week, Jeff, that I feel like I need to build a bar, build an ark. Oh, not to ban <laughs> you from Facebook. <laughs> I saw that. But you hated that. Well, it's kind of funny, like we mentioned there, that uh, the rain in Florida, one, one, one rain uh, storm down there sometimes is better than a whole week up here. Anyway, Tony Romo. Tony Romo was named uh, a nominee for the Outstanding Sports Personality for a Sport Event as an analyst by the Emmys. The sports, I don't know a lot of people realize that there's a separate Emmys just yeah. for sports. There's roughly a couple of dozen, some, some even categories you wouldn't even think about. Some of them are, are, are even seem almost redundant. Uh, but they have it for all kinds of different areas. And Tony Romo is a finalist. His first year as a broadcaster. That's first the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Unbelievable. He's up against Gary Danielson, who's fantastic. All yeah. these guys are yeah. good. I mean, you got John Gruden. I know a lot of people don't like him, but he has some nice analysis when he can get some sentences strung together. <laughs> uh, Kirk Herbstreit, from, I mean, he's yeah. phenomenal. And, 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 uh, and John Smoltz, who's, I think you may have mentioned that too. I think John Smoltz is a is one of the best baseball analysts. Yeah, I think we talked about time. him when we talked about him last year. I would have never thought that John Smoltz would be so intelligent uh, on the uh, on the analysis because as a baseball player, he you know he kind of was one of those down and dirty kind of get it done and go to the dugout and you know wasn't real overly friendly with the media as a player. But I tell you what, as a, as a broadcaster, he's good. So I'll vote for uh, Romo one, Smoltz two in that list if I if I if they would have given us a vote. For this year, at least, yeah, we'll see how in a long time. Uh, Smoltz has a long yeah. breadth of uh, of, of uh, activity there. Uh, there's some other ones. The Dick Schaap Outstanding Writing Award. You know, you, you you teach classes here in in broadcast as well, and a lot of them don't realize how important writing is. And the writing is essential. You have to be a better writer, I would argue, in some ways, for TV than print, don't you think? Oh, I think so, because you're, you, there's a lot of dead time in, on the TV when you have to fill an hour show that you have to write to make it worthwhile for, for a viewer to stay, you know, stay tuned. If you're not going to playoffs or if you don't have an interview set up or if something goes wrong, right. you need to have that script ready. And so, yes, I, I would agree 100%. And Dick Schapp was, was one of my all-time favorites, so that's even makes that better. He was the king of print and TV. He was oh, yeah. amazing. Ever. I grew up watching him on – he was on the ABC affiliate. When he was younger, when you heard him talk, you you just stopped for a second to hear what he was going to say. He was the only one to get everybody to stop yapping on uh, yep. the sports reporters in yeah. the morning. It's like uh, he said, all he had to do was like clear he was his the throat, king. And they were like, "Yes, sir." The you king know? is ready. <laughs> right, and he didn't feel like he had to talk all the time. That's what no. made him amazing. I agree. And his son Jeremy, I think, is one of the better people. Yeah, I like Jeremy a lot well. too. An yep. Amazing writer, Cinderella Man, and several other yep. things he's written. You know, this best uh, live sports series they have on here. It's kind of funny. You'd think it would be, you know, one of these. Um, shows that are on HBO or something, but Outstanding Live Sports, well, this is Live Sports, it's a NASCAR, NBA, NFL, it's kind of interesting, Outstanding Playoff Coverage, Outstanding Edited Sports Coverage, all those things that you and I probably, well, you probably could, I couldn't tell you what was on there, but it's kind of interesting, the Outstanding Long Sports Documentary, the five finalists, I need to go watch these, did you watch the one on the Celtics and Lakers, Best of the... Yeah, best it was of the that, best of enemies. That was good. That was a good one. I saw a part of it one day when it was flipping through there because you, you, know, yeah. you never know when they're going to start, which seemed pretty good. How about 89 Blocks? I don't even know what that is. I'm going to have to go check on that. 89? I have no and idea Fox what that is. Fox and Fox Sports 1. I'm kind of curious to see what that's about. Counterpunch on Netflix. Have you seen that? I'm not a Netflix person. I, I am. I mean, but we, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen it. And Disgraced, which is a Showtime uh, piece. Too poor to have Showtime. <laughs> Same here. Um, and then Vice, you know, has a oh, Vice, the Vice World of Sports yeah. is, is on there. I've it's seen a little bit of that. Squad. So I'm not, 
I've seen some of those Vice ones. They are out there. I mean, they, they do they do they it from a... They do. Yeah. That's the HBO, isn't it? Isn't that who does Vice? Part of HBO and Vice, yeah. Vice Sports, yeah. So these, it, the nice thing about these awards when they come out is we can go look to yeah. see... Well, maybe 89 Blocks, that rings a bell, but I don't remember what exactly that was about. I've ever heard about it, but I didn't. Want, I definitely didn't see it. But do you watch any of these serialized sports shows? A, a season with Navy football? Did you ever... Never seen that. John Feinstein wrote a book. Oh, there's about a reason I wouldn't Army go. Navy. It's not this one, but but he wrote it, and I just I picked it up the other day. Read the first yeah. chapter, and I just breezed through it. He's such a good writer. Um, Hard Knocks is also on there. I know you don't like him, but he's the one who said the Baltimore Ravens were nice people. He's when he, when Jamal Lewis and Ray Lewis were in the same locker room, they were great people. He's, he's being nice there. Although he's really happy. You know, he, he posted on uh, Twitter yesterday about this. Lefty Drysdale made the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Did you see finalist, that? Finalist, yeah. Finalist, yeah. No, I thought he, I thought he got Oh, he, he got, got in now? Oh, I saw he was in. a finalist. That's good. I like he Lefty. He was one of the great basketball coaches out there. And really got torn down because of Lynn Bias's, it you know, stupidity. It wasn't... It wasn't but d- he was gone when all of the other problems came up yeah, right after that. Yeah, yeah. Because they did get censored, yeah. but it wasn't under his watch. Not as much, no. Um, much. Last Chance You, do you watch that at all? Uh, kids do. A lot they of people like have. Us Against the World, don't, don't know that at all. Don't have a clue. Or Why We Fight, which sounds interesting. It's actually a Verizon. <laughs> I don't know how that is. So this <clears> next week or two, I need to check out need some to get, of these. You need to catch up. We need well, to catch up on some stuff. Yeah. Well, it just shows you, you and I keep up with sports a great deal. And there's still so much sports out there. That you can't keep up with. Yep. You just can't keep. And up a lot of the documentary stuff, if you don't know what's coming, or if you don't, if you miss an episode, you get kind of behind. So I agree with that for sure. Uh, other things in the sports world, I said Dan Patrick announced that he is not going to do NBC football this fall. Uh, wanted to, Why? What was the reason for that? Uh, NBC said you got to commit to five more years of it. They wanted to keep the show the same, and Dan said he did not want to do five more years. He would have done a couple, uh, but so he will only be on his regular, you know, uh, sports talk radio show as well as his simulcast TV show. Uh, still partnering with NBC Sports, but he will not be on Sunday Night Football, which I, I, I. It, I really like him, but it also opens up for Mike Tirico just to step right in, and he'll have more of a presence on NBC Sunday night, I'm assuming Makes now. you wonder if that's what they wanted, but but that's really just absolutely silly. Five-year plans in the media right now are crazy because from year to year, yeah. there's such major changes. In five years, no football may be on any of the networks. <laughs> may all be on Facebook and Twitter yeah. and some of these other places. Well, you can only hope not, but you're right. Yeah. So that was an interesting. In the, in it's the, a shame because yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Armin Katayan wrote a new book about Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods and his agent are already criticizing it. And 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 so uh, and, and you're the golf uh, aficionado here. I love Armin Katayan, by the way. Uh, so I have not heard a lot about it. It's just basically it's the he said he said, uh, you know, kind of version of the the new book from Tiger. Are you familiar with what's going on with the, those no, camps? I, do you remember when Armin Katayan was the guy? On the sidelines, oh. everything else. He was back in the nineties, I think yeah. it was, right? Yeah. And what it and he was an SI writer, just he is an, a tremendous writer. He does a, a wonderful job, but um, I have not read the book. Is it just coming out? This it just week? came out. I saw where people were just getting their copies this week I'll and download it tonight. And the, and the first uh, stuff about it. Well, hello, Randy Jones in Florida. The first things that came out about it were that you know the him and Katayan were already at it, and so I went to like Deadspin or Awful Announcing today had the kind of the story on it, and so interesting. I thought maybe you'd know more. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit next week. Talked so to a friend of my friend of mine who I went to college with as well, Jeff Babineau, was a longtime golf writer. Just, does extraordinaire really, and uh, I'll have to ask him what he thinks about it because he knows all of these people 
really well. Of course, the, the big story going right now is this NFL new uh, rule that came into effect this week about heads-up tackling and you can't lead with your head and what's going to be a penalty and what's not going to be a penalty. And it's got every talk show in an uproar right now because the NFL is kind of vague on the rule. They're say that always vague on the rule. They say the rule came out, but we want to go out and talk to each team individually. Then they'll have a better understanding. But that's going to not be till April, so now we're going to have to hear about this for about the next three or four weeks before they get to all the teams and kind of talk about this new heads-up tackling rule and you know you know Richard Sherman is is already voted, is against it Golick in the mornings against it I saw where a couple other NFL players guys, but it, NFL, NFL players were you know really weighing in that they, they don't like the rule already and it's one of those it's not going to go away so we'll see what happens with this rule and the, and the one point that a lot of them were making was when a quarterback is on the one yard line to, to score a touchdown they put their head down and go forward to get the one yard well in theory, that would be leading with your head, and, and you that'd be a penalty. So what are they going to do? So uh, it's interesting times. Well, two things about that. One. Hi, Randy. Hi, Derek. Now the Derek, the Braves will not win, and the catch <laughs> rule, we don't know if it'll ever be right, but obviously. Uh, it'll we'll, be whatever it, they decide that yeah, day. that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things. One is I think the NFL wants this to be debated up until it because then it crowds out the whole Colin Kaepernick situation yeah. there which is not going to go away but they're hoping to, to, to minimize it as so long as they keep hiring some quarterbacks and not Colin Kaepernick th- they'd rather this be the controversy but I'm still going to go I, I still have not got this this answered where on tape does it say or does he say that he wants to play he, he posted some things. On- I don't care about postings. I can post anything in the world. I want to see Colin Kaepernick interviewed by, I don't care if it's CBS, ABC, NBC, give me any alphabet. I want him on tape saying, I want to play in the NFL. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to whatever it is he's willing to do, be a backup, be a first string, uh, be a third string. I want him on tape saying he wants to play. I, I, I just don't feel that he has to say that probably because I think every player wants to play. But he hasn't said it. Why is why won't well, he say it? The fact that he's suing, I think Houston and the NFL and an antitrust. I think it's an. I don't know if it's not antitrust. I guess it can't be that. Well, maybe it is. He's suing them for not being able to play. That tells me he wants to be in the play. All right. Secondarily, he had, he posted that v- video. I think it was on YouTube. Or he's working out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, working it shows out. The guys yeah. out there, but. I don't think a guy's going to work out if he doesn't expect to possibly be able to play. But I think if he went out there and said that he was willing to, you know, I think he wants to be handed a starting shot. Shot. I don't think anybody's going to do that. So is he willing to work to be a starter? Is he willing to be a backup right now and earn his way back? I, I, I just think if he would come out and maybe be a little bit more open, that maybe some teams and the media would kind of take his side a little bit more. But it just seems like that nobody really is pushing for him. And, and I wonder why that is. I think it's because I don't think. I mean, they're pushing Manziel out the yin yang right now. Well, I mean, you know? Yeah, but I, I think it's because he doesn't feel comfortable being in the spotlight. I don't <laughs> think he does. I mean, I really don't. I, he he didn't seek this out. All he didn't he did, seek it all out. All he did was sit behind his teammates and kneel quietly. Oh, I agree. And suddenly he got thrust into this, and I think his personality is such. Well, it, it appears from his actions. Yeah. I don't know him. I'm not a psychologist either, but. You know, it appears from his actions that he does not want to be about him. And if he inserts himself, suddenly he becomes the touchstone. He's the one that everybody's attacking. And the issue gets lost in the message. And I really think that that plays a big part. I think that he's not a fake as far as caring about this these issues. Oh, I believe that's and, for, and the, for and sure. Two, yeah. and, and I think soon the NFL shows, hey, I want my butt in there playing. And that tapey show the other day where he's just slinging it. 
you know. And the other thing that's come out is Johnny Manziel coming out. You've already yeah. Johnny Manziel. Everybody's talking about Johnny Manziel. Oh, he deserves a chance. His best year wasn't as good as Colin Kaepernick's worst year. You know, <laughs> they're not even comparable on the field. No, no, no. not at all. I mean, like Johnny Manziel is a Kaepernick wannabe in a sense. And 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 to Johnny Manziel's credit, he says I shouldn't be compared to him, and I have nothing but respect for him. So I don't want to be. He goes, I don't want to be compared to him, which he really doesn't want to be compared yeah. to him in so many different ways. Manzi- Socially, yeah. professionally. But Manziel's come out. He's eating, You know, he's he's taking his lumps. He's saying he's sorry. He's doing everything right yes, in the is. PR yeah. book of how to get back into the league. Oh, absolutely. Now I don't know. I don't know if talent wise, if he has the talent to be a, a starter. He might be able to be a backup and not hurt you if you need him for a game or so. But Kaepernick has the ability to be a starter. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, I just think if he did a little bit more of what the PR right thing. I'm not saying that's the right thing, but in the in the you know, kind of the public domain, he needs to get out there and and do a little bit more campaigning to to publicly. Yeah, I think my he, opinion. He is trying to do that, and it's interesting to see the coverage of it as well. I don't think people are taking him seriously because. He didn't do so well, and he's had several relapses. And we like people to come back from yeah. whatever. But I just don't. I think he's a Doug Flutie, without Doug Flutie's skills as a runner, as a thrower, and certainly seeing the game itself, and certainly off the field. Yeah. Well, I think thing. that's part of it too. And is it, it was a struggle for Flutie to get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for Mike Ditka, right? <laughs> well, well the big other big news, if you haven't heard, is cricket ball. Cricket has a ball tampering scandal. Did you see that? Those lion SOPs. <laughs> the leading cricket player in the world, who I guess hails from Australia, has admitted that he scratched a uh, cricket ball with a piece of sandpaper on the field, even though he denied it at first. But then when the camera showed him doing it, he kind of had to admit he did it. So. Do you use sandpaper? Do you know how much that changes the game of cricket? No, really. Do you know how much it changes? I have, I have no, no idea, idea how the game is changed. I just know this is making major news everywhere else but America. Sandpaper. But they're using Tom Brady as the example of the fact this guy... Guy should, shouldn't be suspended for a whole year because Brady did something similar in America and only got four games. So. Well, they didn't prove it with that he did it really because he got rid of his phones and everything yeah, like so, that. But uh, just to, if you want to read some funny stuff, just uh, Google some cricket ball tampering and uh, just read some of the stuff going on because. We think about our American press and how it is, but those folks, you know, they they write some really wacky stuff. Oh, in England, and Australia, it, yeah. oh, it's my awesome. God. They make us look like a bunch of meat trail <laughs> flowers. So definitely check that out if you get a chance. But, you know, it's uh, find me a sport, and I challenge you to find someone who isn't cheating. Oh, it, yeah, I, yeah. Find me politics, sports, life. You know, it's everybody's going, oh, but that's not the rules of the game. Well, <laughs> what do we do always? We push it. I don't think it's just an American thing. I think we particularly like it, but I think everybody everywhere all over the world. Oh, look, look at, at soccer everywhere, you know. Soccer everywhere. Yeah. My God, please. There you go. It's opening day, Major League Baseball, which is great. The day we're filming, uh, yes, day issue this. So lots of games. One of the best days of the year. Best days of the year. Ian Happ, I heard, the first pitch of first the First pitch Major of the Major League Baseball season. Boom. Gone. How Lovely. It, that was awesome. If you're in, kind a, in, of, a, in a few minutes, actually, we're two minutes past, and the New York Yankees have started their, so. <laughs> their quest for their, uh, their 20, uh, 28th World Series. Joe will be upstairs in the journalism offices no, hiding. I, I, oh, no. I bought the MLB package. I That's what I mean. You'll on be, my phone. Uh, I can be in my car. <laughs> I can be. At Let's the, not be in your car watching I can be TV. In the bathroom. If you hear some loud noises and I'm in the bathroom there, don't worry. It's not me. It's the crowd. Now, noise. the big news. And they're not cheering for me, by the way. But the big news coming out of Yankee is that your announcer has not released his. 
walk-off home run, or his home run call for Giancarlo. Sterling. Well, actually, radio. It was a radio? Okay. John Sterling. So yeah. John Sterling will not release it till Giancarlo hits one. So. I'm at the edge of my seat, but I'm hoping that he's already announced it. But what a great Two way. In. But think about it. What a great way to get people to listen. And yes. it's, John Sterling's smart. You know, it makes he's people, also very good. Yeah. Oh, I love John. He was started off as a Braves announcer, if you recall. Did he really? Yeah. I don't yep. remember him. In, yeah. I only remember when he was with a good team. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Joe's so mean to me. I'm quitting this show. So, well, let's get to the other good stuff of the week, our ever-famous Walking Dead recap from uh, Episode 5 of the spring season. Only three more episodes, three episodes to go before we uh, find out what cliffhanger they leave us, with, leave us with over the summer. So I hope it's not too bad. I, I, I hate cliffhangers. I mean, you always have to have something going, but a cliffhanger is just going to anger you for 12 months. I mean, or Well, I think we've seen there. the cliffhanger. They've already teased it. It's going to be Rick leaning against the tree bleeding, and that's how this season's going to end. And we don't know with what's going on based on what happened in Episode 5. Is that of concern? Because in Episode 5, if you've not watched it, we'll give you two seconds to turn turn everything off. But, you know, basically now the, there's this fever that they're worried about that may be causing Ill, uh, people to be turned, as they say, or the fact that the uh, saviors are using kind of blood and guts on their uh, weapons to uh, to shoot people with that maybe uh, where people are contracting the zombie fever and turning. So Which makes absolutely zero sense. It, I'm just saying not what... that a zombie apocalypse and the way it's, it makes any sense whatsoever and this is not fiction. This is not non-fiction. Yep. But it just doesn't make sense within the world of the Walking yeah. Dead, does it? No, but it did leave it interesting because Tara, Tara got hit by an arrow uh, that was shot by Dwight, and there, you know, there were kind of that was kind of the concern at the end of this episode: was she going to turn or not? So, uh, interesting uh, how this this episode. There wasn't a lot of like you know uh, finality in this episode or anything that happened, but a lot of uh, you know things that happened in terms of leading up to what's going to happen next. But also, what it really did it downsized the Saviors and it downsized the Hilltoppers. They both lost a lot of people in the fight, and uh, we'll kind of see what happens next week's episode. But I thought it was a very interesting show. Uh, probably the worst of the five so far in terms of uh you know major events and my question for you is if there's a zombie in your house eating people you think you might wake up i sleep pretty deep okay you know, um, <laughs> that was the one i don't know I, mean, I i also question whether or not i'd wake up if they're eating me you know some days you know i don't i think you would hear people falling down steps and zombies and the doors opening i don't know maybe i'm a light sleeper but it, yeah that was the one thing i really didn't like about this episode that no one woke up while this was happening uh so that was kind of the worst part about it but you know the it was an interesting you know uh story it's it's really setting up more morgan is either going crazy or something's happened to morgan is he which he's gonna you know they te- teasing that he's gonna be leaving I this show like your theory that he's getting ready to go out someplace yeah i don't want him to go out west to that other show which i know you've you've really they've already started pre-promoting that so of course they did i mean i I just i may have to go back and check it just because you seem to think it's pretty it got better this last month but i want them going someplace else don't give me warm weather places i realize it's easier to probably produce a show in that situation but Bring me some cold places. Chicago. Let's go to Chicago. To Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, St. Louis, Boston. So, so what did you think about this episode? It was okay. I mean, it was it was um, it, it was interesting. It's a setup way. episode. I always yeah. called it a setup episode. It's nothing that really jumped out at me this week. I mean, I I think the last three shows are the ones with the. I love the relationships between Dwight and and Simon, and 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 I like the fact that they had. Um, Megan uh, uh, um, and Jadis and, and, and Jadis in there, and, and we have all these different interpersonal communi- I mean, relationships. I like those, but this one was good. It was, you know, it's not 
didn't knock my socks off. Yep. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't horrible. And it but did. it's propelling the show, and I like that. I yeah. Like it's, well, it's, and, and it's setting up whether uh, whether Dwight's good or bad. We still don't know. Because then that really started a little fight between Maggie and Daryl, or not Daryl and uh, I can't think of the other girl's name. But Daryl is just you know he wants Dwight's head, and the other is like, no, he helped us. He's helped us in the past, and Dwight could have shot Tara, you know, all the way. And a lot of people are thinking he just wounded her, you know, to, so that you know that. Simon wouldn't kill her in the, in this process of this last episode, so we'll see that set up. I, I, uh, Michonne became came back to be in a uh, you know the, the bad one that we like in terms of just going out there and kicking some behind. So I like to see her out there. It was nice to see the whole group fighting uh, by side by side again. If you're if you're a fan of the show, you understand what that means. A lot of times they don't have Rick and Maggie and no, and Daryl and Michonne all all on the same there. side. You love to see that, and so really some good actions action scenes in there. Uh, uh, Sadiq now will be the new doctor. I really like him. I think he's really coming on as, as the as that character. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to think about him when he came aboard, but I think he has to have a role as a savior in the light of the fact that because he represents Carl's death. Right, because Carl essentially died for him. Yeah, and so Sadiq has to save he's people. Jesus and Carl yeah. is Saint John the Baptist. Ooh. There we go. Well, there's a lot of the. That, Hold on, let me drop this mic. Well, there's a lot of that talk that already is going around. I don't know if you read that people the, the relate the writers kind of do some stuff like that on purpose. Je, speaking of the Jesus in the show, he did make an appearance kind of at the end, his first one. We need more all Jesus. Season. Yeah, and I, I mean on the show too. Yeah, and so that it is Easter. That's he better. Oh, he's going to arise. <laughs> On Easter, okay. Oh, yeah. the Mike again. is Joe is on fire. Hold on, it's hurting my foot. I keep so, it on the side of my ankle. That's my Walking Dead recap. I don't, uh, you know, as we kind of gear I, I towards it. To this week, so yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen, what's going to go on, because we have three shows left. Well, there's going to have to be one. Especially the next week show, not this tomorrow, not this Sunday's, but the week after. Typically, the week before the end of it is when a big culmination of something happens. I would assume that this week will be Negan and Jadis will be eccentric, if that's a way to say that correctly. I hope so. I think that, and then... The next after that will be the Hilltop trying to scramble to kind of see what's the the aftermath of the war. And then somewhere along the line, Rick is going to get into it with either Simon, Dwight, or Negan. And that's how this is going to leave us as clips Or there. the woman with her two sidekicks. Oh, Jeannie? Is that what I uh, Jean, The I one who yeah. wants all the records and the yeah. music? Maybe she and her group attacked after looking. I, although I, I think I don't think they're going to be an aggressive group, but they could be that group that everybody's been talking about. You know, whistling about and talking to one another. The watchers. <laughs> so we'll see. There you go. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week, and we'll have a new national champion next week. I'm rooting for Loyola because they're from Illinois. I am rooting for Loyola. Go Absolutely. Ramblers. Go Sister Jean. There you go. Everybody have a great day. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe.